This is a Little Empire podcast. Visit us at littleempirepodcast.com and on Twitter at littleempirepod. Are you going to play that dastardly intro again? Ow! This movie's still fine. Zakoli, the pastor. One of them dies, that goes screw. One of them's a hockey, his name is Jay. One of them looks like Johnny Depp, and his name is Johnny Depp. Classic Maximum Joseph. Ah! You forget that films are supposed to have a point. Hello and welcome to the worst idea of all time, a trans-Tasman experiment in film consumption, consisting of hosts, myself, Tim Bat, and recorded also, live from Auckland. Also myself, Guy Montgomery, recording live from Margaret River, West Australia. And what's the alternative, really, apart from recording live? Recording dead? I don't think so. What a redundant <laughs> thing to say. That's exactly right, Tim. The podcast wouldn't exist if either of us expired, unlike our brother or sister podcast, Till Death to Us Blart, which will surely outlive us all. Boy, do I miss those boys. I can't wait to hear from them real soon. <laughs> Thanksgiving can't come soon enough, but enough of that. Guy, uh, how, how are you? You've just watched the movie, as have I. I've just gotten to the end of it. Yeah, man. Watched it for the 44th time. And I gotta say, Woo! as expected, it took forty-four watches for this movie to really. Ca- no, no, it's still not that good, Tim. Nas into it. I was all about it this week. Oh, pull the other one. It's got bells on, mate. I am yanking nothing. This is a good movie. You sound like you're you're yanking my chain. Is what it sounds like you're doing. Nah, not at all. This movie's got it all. It's got pretty woman, pumping soundtracks, pretty boys. Up to mischief. I it's am... got drug use. It's got fun. It's got colours. It's got uh, Los Angeles scapes, cityscapes, I non-cityscapes, scapes, so, all the scapes. So interested to hear how yeah. long over the course of this conversation you can keep up this enthusiasm for We Are Your Friends. What specifically, Tim, really got you this week? It's just the collection of friends hanging out, having a bloody good time in the sunshine. You know what I'm saying? This all just uh, seems even that, so unlikely to me. Even that bit where they're uh, at the ravine. <laughs> Do we call it a ravine? Right at the top when they're uh, collecting their pay stubs, which have been shortchanged by the shifty man who lives inside a club. Is that a ravine? A ra- that, that looks more like a plateau to me. Isn't a ravine like you're you're surrounded on either side by... Yeah, like a dried up riverbed, isn't it? Mm, something like that. So, so it's kind of like they're over the top of a ravine. They're looking, looking down into it. They're just maybe on a hill, on a, an arid a hill. hill overlooking the valley. Yep. That's another possibility for sure. But it, just from where to go, you've seen a lot of things. Um, you're at a lot of parties in this movie. I think the the light touch to Alice LSD is a um, strange note by the writer, but you know what? I'm I'm all for artist integrity, and if that's the direction they want to take this, they've done it anyway. So you may as well get on board. Know what I'm saying? That's my attitude this week, guy. You're going to watch the movie anyway, so you may as well just enjoy it. Just decide. Just make a choice to like it. You know? Uh, look, I mean, it's what you have achieved. If this is not a put on, and in fact, your genuine sentiment towards the film. It's nothing short of uh, of like a, a mentalist trick. Like it's it's for you to have the the force of willpower to enjoy a film in spite of forty three previous screenings. We but actually no, you enjoyed it once before. So forty two previous screenings where you couldn't <laughs> get on board. I mean, what mm. you have done is a is a it's a triumph. 
In the course of the podcast, neither of us have ever pulled any such achievement off. For you to do a one hundred, well, here we are, a, a one hundred and eighty degree turn, and suddenly be on board with Maximum Joseph's magnum opus. I'm happy. It's a for huge you. day for the boys. Huge day for the boys. I feel like you're putting like so much pressure on it that I'm actually quite nervous about staking this claim in the ground now. To no, be no, quite no, honest. no, 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 not at all, my friend. I'm happy for you. That's what I'm trying to say. Oh, that's good. That's happy. Good. Do you know what my father would say? He'd say, "Happy as a pig dans le fissoir," which was his uh, very awful approximation of French. Yeah, to say "happy as a pig and shit." How did you find the movie this week, guy? If you weren't quite at my level of appreciation no, for it, no. Well, it's a bloody, it's a dastardly little time difference between West Australia and um, Aotearoa, and so. What it meant was I, you know, as as I've discussed before, I, I'm I'm sure we've both had this experience. It's just not a good, it's not, it's not a good reason to get out of bed. It's not a good way to wake up. Um, no, you got that right. So I, what I did is I actually I I 15 minutes prior I, I went out for a small walk through the beautiful township of Margaret River, Hugh Jackman's favourite place in the world, by the way. If you're curious. Fuck off. Let yeah. me stop you there. How do you how do you know? Do they celebrate that everywhere? Is that on every plaque in a cafe? Man, you cannot move in this town for people telling you how much Hugh Jackman loves it here. Uh there's a there's Do a, you see what Hugh Jackman was on about? Have you walked around and been like, yep, Hugh this Jackman, is definitely Wolverine territory. By all accounts, Hugh Jackman enjoys Margaret River for the surf, the people, mm-hmm. the wine, yes. and most importantly, right. the air. The air? Yeah, he loves the air down here. Seems quite abstract. Is it just the right amount of oxygen for an adamantium frame? I've got to tell you, I feel like the, I mean, the, the chemical makeup of the air uh, is, you know, it's it's pretty similar to other air I've experienced. It's it's a. I, I'm, You're from Christchurch, guy. You you were privy in your young childhood to some of the cleanest air around. Well, except for in winter, then it gets very smoggy because there's no wind and everyone's got those those log burners out. Done it. Gives just. a lot of kids asthma. Um, myself included. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that, Tim. It's okay. I got over it as I got older, so no trouble, no uh, harm, no foul, Christchurch. <laughs> Fair cop to you. Uh, no, I mean it's it's good. I've I've certainly been sucking in the big ones. I watched the movie. I've I've got uh I'm in a I'm staying in a somewhere called the Derby Park serviced residences, and um I opened up. I'm on the ground floor, so I've got a door that opens up into a beautiful bit of forest. So I was woken by kookaburras at six thirty this morning, as I had nice. hoped I would be. That is awesome. Yeah, it really feels like they're taunting you. Um, I know that that's probably annoying at six in the morning, but that's genuinely a lovely Australian way to wake yourself from your slumber, isn't it? Oh, truly. And so I've just had the I've I've got the mosquito screen up, but I've got the doors open. So I've been aerating the room with some of this crisp, uh, you know, world renowned Margaret River air, and I can see what Hugh Jackman's talking about. To answer your question, yes. Mm. Does it just feel higher quality, or does it smell of eucalyptus, or what? It just it just feels right. They're friend- there are friendly people here. Everyone's so relaxed. All of that is to say, it does not make for a, an improved screening of We Are Your Friends. I'll tell you that, my friend. Can I ask you a very specific question right off the bat or just start a little a little point of conversation uh, mm-hmm. with you about the movie? Now, when we've got our young heroes, Somali and Zakoli, the crying DJ, at the music festival in Las Vegas, Nevada... Uh, she puts. She asks Zakoli to put his tongue out, 
and she puts something on his tongue. Now, am I right to presume that that's probably LSD, right? That's how you take acid. Uh, yeah. Uh, yes. However, it's... But then I, f- I feel like the experience that they have subsequent to that where they're all lovey-dovey with each other is a very, like, ecstasy kind of a vibe. Yeah. So well, I'm a bit confused as to whether the director, uh, I mean, the writer, maybe didn't quite know their, you know, substances or or maybe I've been doing the wrong kind of acid, I don't know, but... Well, it just seems at odds. I'll tell you this, Tim. I mean, this is a music festival in Las Vegas, Nevada. And these are these are characters, certainly Zicoli and the boys, and similarly to a lesser extent, who are familiar with uh, a wide variety of drugs. Certainly probably a list longer than you or I could, could rattle off. And mm-hmm. so it's entirely possible that while... What appears to us to be a, a a technique you'd more associate with the hallucinogen LSD, they they could very well be putting away something a little, you know, something a little straighter, a little less wobbly. Um, because I think I think you're right. I I mean I agree. It does not look like there. I mean, and this is a film that goes to maybe great, this to great lengths sort of, to show yeah. us what a PCP trip looks like. Well, that's right. Because I think maybe they've mixed up. What PCP does as well. I've I've not experienced PCP before, and God willing, I won't. Uh, not a drug that's on my bucket list or anything. But from everything I gather about PCP, that's that doesn't seem to be how that shit goes down either. You go into a party and just have a real chill time and look at no. paintings for a bit. No, not I, what I've been led to believe PCP is all about. I'm inclined to agree with you, Tim. I I think that uh, I mean, and we've talked about it before. It paints a a very glamorous picture of the drug PCP. It does. Glorifies it, if anything. I'm not into that. No. Uh, that's a, a, as the IMDb page will attest, the, the rotoscope scene that they do create for the PCP experience is uh, one of the more critically acclaimed parts of the film, though. Well, everyone loves a nice little, um, little bit of fun and silliness, don't they? It's like that bit in... Is it the first Anchorman movie? Where they ride unicorns during the um the sex scene uh, with Christina Applegate. I think it might be the first one. And Will Ferrell, 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 Will Ferrell, 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 Ferrell. Um, Ferrelli. Can I can I tell you this, Tim? Early on in the Please. film today, I got very excited. I saw a new opportunity for a gag. The film didn't take, but um, mm. one that I enjoyed anyway. So you know when when uh, Jarhead's working the door outside social the club, yes, and that yes. that guy comes along and he's trying to weasel his way in. He says, "I'm, I'm friends with I'm I'm friends with your friend Ollie, you know the pretty boy." Yeah, and then uh, Jarhead says, "I'm sorry, I'm sorry, kid, I'm sorry," or something. Yeah, uh, and then he goes, "Well, what about him? Do you know him?" And he he holds out what I imagine is a hundred dollar bill. Yeah, and Jarhead just quietly takes it and sort of lets him lets him in. Uh, also, you know, before issuing a vague threat. But I thought a great gag that Jarhead could do there. Would be well, one sorry, j- not to interrupt, but I am. Here I am interrupting you. But don't gloss over the fact that's where we hear the immortal line, don't bro me if you, if you don't, don't know, know me, me. That's as right. he takes the money. And uh, that's a good decision. And, you know, I, I'm, glad, I'm, I'm glad to see the film dining out on that week after week. But just as an alternative, yeah. just as a, maybe just an option, what I would mm. love to see is, hey, what about this guy? Do you know him? And he, he holds out a $100 bill. And then Jarhead says... 
Why, yes, I do. That's Benjamin Franklin, one of the founding fathers of the United States of America. <laughs> and just rattles Famous off. for flying his kite in a lightning yeah. storm with a key on it just and giving us all the power we enjoy today. Exactly. In fact, I would wager to bet electronic music couldn't even exist without this man. Do you know him? You are in the world of the joke. So just five to ten minutes of <laughs> solid Benjamin Franklin facts. <laughs> Good shit. Um, but alas, an option, once again, not taken by Maximum Joseph, nor, what's his name? Johnny Weston is the actor who plays not, Jarhead. Not this week, Guy, but you've got to just live in hope that next week they're going to take that tasty bait and delve into that, that lovely little riff that Certainly. you've set up for them. The possibility that they will is what will drag <laughs> me back. Yeah. Hard out, bro. Now, I want to put a, a, um, a theory that I've developed to you. A uh, little bit of a curly one. Is it possible that we watch Squirrel convert to Judaism through the events depicted in the movie? Here's my supporting evidence for this. It, and, it, and by my own admission, it's rather scant. But it's an idea that's stuck in my head. When he's at the call centre where they first go to work for Gold Star Realty Solutions, dick full of diamonds, mouth full of concrete. He has a call sheet and he's working his way down the customers and he picks up the phone and says, uh, hello, I'm looking for a Mr. Stein and then waits half a beat and says, Mr. Steen, like he's been corrected. And I reckon what's happened there is um, with his Gentile eyes, he's seen the last name as Stein rather than the correct Steen, which suggests to me it's probably a Jewish guy that he's ringing. And then he engages in a very meaningful and life-changing conversation, which we cut away from way too early, uh, as a part of that attempted sale of the services of Gold Star Realty Solutions, dick full of diamonds, mouth full of concrete. So there we have Squirrel, plucky young Squirrel, uh, who went to university. We found out from a Q&A session with Zac Efron around the production and release and publicity of the film. You've got to do uh, you gotta do you gotta do the background before you go into a film like this. And Squirrel has um he's he's been converted. Because then we see at the funeral um there's a lot of yarmulkes going down. And I even think that the uh uh rabbi I think it's called a rabbi if they're like kind of Do you remember doing their very early the on in this he's speaking the podcast, in Hebrew. You speculated that was uh Eric Warheim. Yeah. He looks a little bit like him. When you first see him for a second, you're like, hey, it's not him, though, which is disappointing because that would be an amazing cameo for him, eh? It'd be oh, so be good. Sh- yeah, it'd be a huge get for Eric Warheim. I'm sure he's been trying to angle in on a Zac Efron vehicle for years. <laughs> uh, look, I mean, it had never occurred to me that the uh, that he, um, you know, uh, What's the word you converted. use? Converted. Converted to Judaism through the throughout the film. I'd sort of always taken it as read that maybe he was, uh, you know, had been raised Jewish. See, that's what I thought too. But then if that was the case, when he saw that name on the call list, don't you think he would immediately go to Steen? He would go to the sort of correct pronunciation of how that, that name is spelt. Um, I'm looking for a Mr. Steen. Yeah, yeah, I, I can, yeah, I mean. It's loose, guy. I'll admit it's loose. Anything's. You know? Anything's possible, Tim. I thought my read, and this is what's so great about you know, you discover these new things when you when you watch it apart. I th- I thought uh, that I read that bit of acting, uh, script writing, directing, performance, as sort of Maximum Joseph trying to communicate to us, the paying public, uh, the mm. difficulty 
and adjustment period of these boys learning the ropes of a new office job. So sort of um, us going on the journey with them as they as they figure out how exactly to swindle hundreds of thousands of dollars of cash from these poor cash-strapped uh, folks whose homes are in foreclosure. So less... Yeah, these boys, they, they just become another cog in the corporate machine, yeah. don't they? So Those less... fat cat fuckwits who are responsible for the, the 08 crash stealing everyone's pensions yeah absolutely so less a less a religious rebirth and more a sort of the um a seam into the seedy underbelly of corporate america an indoctrination into the church of the almighty dollar you might say although i don't see why it can't be both you know maximum joseph's magnum opus is famous for being able to translate a lot of ideas through at the same time a a lot of ideas a lot of layers there. A lot of layers, Guy Montgomery. You've got to peel them back week by week. You've got to watch it 52 times. This is essential, and you've got to take a year doing it. Don't smash that out in a month. No. You've got to take your time and unpeel this onion of a film. Yeah. And it will reveal its truths to you over time. Like for example, <laughs> no, when Paige Harrell, the CEO, founder, and managing director of Gold Star Realty Solutions, Stick Full of Diamonds, Mouth Full of Concrete, <laughs> says all that computerized digitized on paper bullshit is for pussies like what i still don't get it what's he talking about because if something's digitized and computerized how is it also on paper tim what do you hook a computer up to um the internet a power a printer okay you see yeah, okay. You see what's happened here? Is that it? <laughs> That's it. That's it, guy? That's it. Okay. You, you get it? That's enough. Yeah, it's it's barely enough. I I've mm. done I've done something. I've done something. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> now Uh-oh, guy's done something everybody. Look out. What have you done? Well, the name of the the uh the cafe where Somali works in the real world is uh-huh. it's a little non uh Java, you know, Java Juice location called um, Romancing the Bean, located in Burbank, California. And I thought to myself, I thought, I wonder if that's still open for a start. So I've researched Romancing the Bean, Burbank, California. Mm-hmm. And I found that not only is it open, but it's also, unsurprisingly, um, open to being reviewed by members of the public. And so... I've dug up just a few um, punters' opinions on Wonderful. Romancing the Bean in Burbank, California. And whether or not you imagine that it's staffed by genuine baristas and waitstaff or Somali, the character from Where Are Your Friends is still employed there in spite of the fact that she keeps distributing free pie, is entirely up to you. But I put it to you, Tim, that the mm-hmm. first review available on TripAdvisor would suggest not only is Somali still working there, but... yeah. She's wound up in a bit of financial strife. Oh, boy. Let's hear it. Let's dig into it. Review the first from March 14th, 2017 via mobile. Subject heading, credit card hacked. (laughs) No. I can say with certainty that an employee from this cafe stole my credit card number. I had only used it at that place. There was no paper receipt, and I still had my credit card when I informed my bank of $1,100 worth of charges a few hours after being there. Also, the charges were made within a five-block radius of the cafe. My caution? (laughs) Only use cash. 
Otherwise... Wait, maybe don't go. What no, an optimistic wait. reviewer to be like, this place rules. Do you want to hear, use a cat. Do you want to hear the optimistic part? Here's the, here's the final line of the review. So after warning of being having the credit card hacked. Otherwise, I liked coffee and pastry. <laughs> <laughs> what a well-rounded reviewer, eh? Yeah. Something bad happened to you, but that doesn't have to colour the entirety of the review. No. It's a mixed bag. Yeah, yeah, I got ripped off to the tune of 1100 US dollars, but you know what? It wasn't bad coffee. Let's not throw the baby out with the bathwater here. Exactly. <laughs> that Danish was That's great. a delight. Uh, this review, I think, trumped only by one other review on the TripAdvisor page for Romancing the Bean, Burbank, California. Uh-huh. This review was logged... On the 2nd of October, 2015. The heading is, it is very inviting and should go in. It's been given three out of a possible five circles. The review <laughs> as follows. Have never gone in. Walked by many times, always thinking it looks inviting and I should go in and try the experience. And so the review ends. <laughs> Do you know we would be more qualified to review Romancing the Bean than that person at this point? We've seen more of it. I think that is the best review. <laughs> Three stars had. is crippling though. You know how TripAdvisor works. If it's not a five, it's it's you know, it's bad. Oh, look, Anything less than a five is bad. A three, you may as well just shut up shop. Undoubtedly. But to walk past a cafe. I would say upwards of mm. five times, enough to form an opinion. And then instead of thinking, I'll go in there and check it out, thinking I'm going to communicate my peripheral experience with this cafe to the people of TripAdvisor <laughs> <laughs> and log a three-star review based on yeah nothing. <laughs> nothing at all. It's incredible. No experience. That's... I mean, that's not really what the app's there for. It's not really what the concept of a review is there for, is it? A no. review is either your initial experience of something firsthand or your 44th watch of something firsthand. But either way, you've got to do the thing, I think. That's always been my perception of it anyway. Yeah. Anyway, suffice it hey, to say, Romancing the yeah. Bean, uh, in spite mm. of these two bits of uh, feedback, is actually you know a pretty well-regarded... It's it's got a four out of five on um on TripAdvisor. Pretty good, Guy Montgomery. That's eighty percent. That's a B plus in most establishments. Yeah. Over here on Zomato though, our friend um yeah. Lola Juliet had a pretty bad experience back in twenty twelve. What happened to Lola? Um surprising, not great. Uh not knowing what to order, I went with something safe. A tuna sandwich on ciabatta bread. I was surprised how cold and hard the bread was. The sandwich was not good. Very disappointing. Um, It goes on. But, I mean, who are these fucking maniacs? Registering- that was a good dramatic read of Loveless Review, by the way, Guy. I like that. Yeah, I, I like the I decisions you made. It was good. You sourced it up a bit. It's just, it's so, um, it's so nice to know that you can visit the cafe, you know, mm. where... Zakoli and Somali uh, begin to rebuild the the pieces of what is a relationship I don't think will go the distance. I mean, look, they're both attractive, but let's be honest, Tim, the chemistry and opportunity for these two to get to know one another through the film is yeah. middling at best. 
Can if anyone lives in who, who listens to our podcast lives in or around Burbank, California, or you simply have an opportunity in the not too distant future to visit Romancing the Bean, please go in there, grab a cup of joe, take a photo in there so we know you've been there, chuck it on Twitter, chuck it on Instagram, chuck on that hashtag, pay the boys. Absolutely. It's I Z. It's on uh Pay it's, the B O I Z. Three four one three West Magnolia Boulevard. Hopefully we're in town at some point in the not too distant guy and we can we can go there ourselves. That'd be a real treat. That would um, be our mate has tracked down where the sushi restaurant is, where the boys are in the valley. That, can go there. That I would like to do. Now, uh I would like to say that Although, it took forty Yeah, you go. I was gonna say one thing that Americans do yes. um is they they like to say and it happens in this movie with their description of sushi. It's everything's the best, isn't it? Everything's, everything's the best. It's the best one of these you've ever had. Your life will change if you have this. It's, or it's the worst, and it's, it'll ruin your life. It's impossible. But these reviews that you found are pretty well-rounded, wouldn't you say? Oh, yeah, I suppose so. Tim, also, Someone before, went you, so before far you as to launch into describing your 44th from. screening of We Are Your Friends, I just remember I got to flag it you. I have a run what I wanted, of what? I'm just telling you that I have a run of uh, sort of four or five interviews with uh, regional Australian radio stations uh, kicking off yeah. in T minus six minutes. So we've got a, an action-packed yes. final six this week. Yeah, if guy if guy rolls off, that's um, that's fine. That's going to happen, and we'll, it's it's unfortunately probably going to sh- cut the episode a little bit shorter than usual. But you know what? Fucking chuck a short one in there, you know? Give the people what they want. I a mean, compacted, powerful little episode. Right. And by all, by all means, Tim, you could you could stay on and, and whip out a, a, t- a tight 10, 15-minute set. Talk, out about, uh, talk the rest of the episode out about poos. Yeah, or you could, you could genuinely perform 10 to 15 minutes of stand-up comedy. Um, I don't think I'll be doing that. I'll probably wrap up when you do. Hey, what I do want to say, though, is it has no shit, hand on heart, taken me 44 glorious episodes or watches of this film to understand the words that are coming out of the mouth of James Reed from The Feelers when he talks to Somali when uh, Zakoli the crying DJ, first wakes up there after the big party. You know how um, she says, I can literally smell the whiskey coming out of your skin? Yeah. And he says something to her very quietly. What does he say, Tim? Did you, have you ever heard it before? Because I've always struggled to hear uh, it. I will once I hear you say it, I'll know whether or not I've yeah. noticed it, heard it, or sure. had the same problem as you. The line is, "You used to smell like fermented liquor too." Oh, at no shit is the first time I have figured out what the line is. It took me this long. That is such a huge piece of exposition. It's a it's be- a massive get. Because it's a massive get that the that the boom operator has failed to bank on. Because I was fucking it's maximum Joseph's job to say, Can we get that again? I need a clean read on Wes Bentley's line. But That's true. Um I noticed this week that in the club when Zakoli meets Somali and unsuccessfully mm. tries to uh, pick her up, she's drinking what appears to be Either a rosé, a vodka cranberry, or potentially another um, club soda with cranberry. Yeah, 
Yeah, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think this is her thing, man. She's like a recovering alcoholic, perhaps. That is so huge. And yeah, arguably one of the meatiest details or nuances offered to a character in the film. And on account of her um, being a woman, just entirely ignored. Why do you? Why are you gendering this? Why is this a? Why is it because she's a woman? Uh, it, it's just the the film is uninterested in the in the plight of Somali, the sole representation of the fear That's of sex. True. That's true. We know a staggering detail about these fuckboys, although they miss they do miss out big gaps like their parental situations, although they hint at them. Yeah, that's but funny. Right. Richard was my we, dad's name. Um, that's that's neither funny nor interesting, Zakoli. <laughs> cool. We're going to hear more about that. No. Okay. All right. Fair enough. It's your decision. Your dad. Your choice. Shit, man. I got to say, late in the piece, that is. I mean, it's going to certainly make for at least, you know, aside from hoping that they they rip into this hot Ben Franklin gear next week. Uh, yeah. It's, it's going to provide yeah. <laughs> some sort of grounding. Uh, or, you know, interesting through line to look for in the film. It's a game changer. True true, true enough. It's a game changer. I also just want to say something that I noticed. And actually, you know what? This is going to be my shining light because I just realized we might have 30 seconds to get all of your things. So actually, let's get yours. Do you have a shining light this week, Guy Montgomery? As always, Tim, I do. Go. My shining light this week. Uh, in spite of criticizing the chemistry between Zakoli and Somali, when they mm-hmm. are ordering room service after maybe or maybe not having sexual intercourse the night before. Uh, uh, you're conceding a maybe. I like that. Somali says, uh, I want a cheeseburger. And yes. immediately afterwards, and very quietly, parroting and whispering the line back to her, Zakoli says, you want a cheeseburger? And Whoa, I've never heard that. No. No. Uh, mate, I mean, I'm noticing that there's some a few whispered lines here. Breadcrumbs. You know, cast aside yeah. by the film, maybe leading us yeah. a, a trail leading to some alternative take. Oh, I like that. Exciting. Setting it up for next time. I'll give you my uh, shining light, and that is the fact that when Zakoli the Crying DJ is cleaning the pool, it is absolutely fucking filthy. I don't know if you've ever seen it before, yeah. but when he receives that call from James Reed from The Feelers asking if he's got anything on in the weekend so he can DJ his party or potentially bury a dead body with him, doesn't really doesn't really say in the phone call that we see. But um, I like that they went to the trouble of actually having a grubby as hell pool. Because it's like, you know when... It's the equivalent of when you walk into a bar and a bartender's just uh, polishing a glass that's already clean. That's probably a bad example because you always you can't really over-polish a glass in a bar. But it's just when someone's performing an action on film that they don't need to be doing. If they're vacuuming something that's already been vacuumed. You know, if they're yeah, yeah, yeah. ironing a shirt that's perfectly no, crisp. I know exactly. They went to the trouble of mucking up that pool or breaking into someone else's property to pick up the scene love that great and, offer and, good idea know, greg the first ad not I like that yeah way to save us some money greg not everyone has a clean pool all the time you know yeah that's just the way life goes tim i'm gonna not keep talking to you what's pool. gonna happen is my phone will ring in the midst of a conversation yeah, yeah. so but before it does Five, six, seven, eight. Getting sentimental with James Reed from the Feelers. Here's an interesting piece of trivia for you, Tim. James yeah. Reed from yeah. the Feelers, my uh-huh. high school alumni. No way. Did you know that before? This is the first time I'm hearing this information. I did not know that before. 
Shit. Uh, I was on tour. I was talking with some of the other comics that were about uh, respective alumni, and they were, mm. I can't remember. Someone was saying something about their school, and then I thought I'll see if there's anyone from my school. Sam Neil. Blow me down with a feather. Are you for real? I am. But then also, more excitingly and you know, arguably relevant to this podcast, James Reed from The Feelers. That is tasty. What a great find. Huge. How does it make you feel to have shared a academic environment with the great man himself? I've got to say, I'm pretty disappointed that I didn't take to the music school in the same way James Reed did. Mm-hmm. Fertile ground. Yeah, I mean, you know, some of the songs those boys put out. I've played Fish and Felicia for you before. In fact, I remember exactly yeah. when and where I did it. I was lying on a bed in Roma, Italia. You were upset with me because you thought we might not have the ability to clear the rights and get into copyright trouble. I think we were being Sounds sponsored like by Audible at the time. Sounds like me. Sounds like you. Uh, no, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I've sort of I've come to terms with it now. <laughs> I'm neither excited nor disappointed. <laughs> and um, so, look, let's delve into that MacBook Pro box because uh, this week. Can I, I tell you positive. what's in there? Oh, you go. Yeah. No, you go. It's a school report. Yes. It's a school report from year 11 when you are a boy of 15, roughly. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a social studies report from Mr. Spronken. And Spronk Mr. Spronken says James Reed. Shows great potential in class, but is too easily distracted. Needs to apply himself, does our James Reed. Frequently talking to class members shows a lot of potential and must try harder. What James Reed is trying to do is this is a lesson shared and learned from Mr. Spronkin to James Reed from the Feelers. James Reed is trying to tell Zicoli he sees potential. Mm-hmm. He sees the opportunity for great things in Zicoli. Yeah. However, on account of his easily distracted nature and, uh, you know, ruffian friends, he doesn't want to see him piss that potential away. Who would? It's a cautionary tale. Hmm. How do you feel about that? All of the. All of that from one school report. I'm just wondering if anyone out there received a school report that didn't have the words not living up to their potential. Uh, yeah. Or maybe I just got it so frequently that I've kind of assumed everyone got it all the time. Yeah. i tell you who definitely got a report that didn't say that, Tim. Who? Nerds. Yeah, fucking nerds. What are those? I guess if you are, if you're getting like 100%, if you're getting A pluses or what have you, whatever the equivalent is, you probably don't need to apply yourself anymore, do you? No, those re- those reports probably read um, Joseph is Joseph Moore is <laughs> uh, a great student, but we're worried about his social skills on the playground. We're also worried about the fact that he walks out of class at the halfway point every single period. And then comes in the next day with a speculative essay on how the class played out. And we say, Joseph, if you just stuck around for the rest of the class, you'd know. But he was too busy skiving off to the music department to go join James Reed from the Feelers to jam out some stuff on a little synthy keyboard. Oh, I like that. Hey, Tim, the also... original walkout boys. Can I tell, yeah. you, can I tell you this? Mm? Watch 44. 
Romance in yep. the Bean on yeah. Google, the review that it's got via Google or Google Maps. Hmm. 4.4. It sinks up. It sinks up, ladies and gentlemen. That's how the universe works. It's all about synchronicities. It's electricity, which also ties up with Benjamin Franklin. The whole thing is a is a closed loop, isn't it, guy? Oh man. Time is a closed loop. Yeah, fucking A. Oh boy. Hey, well, while we've got this, it feels like stolen time from your interviews running late, should we delve into maybe what's happened in that bathroom this week, my buddy? I would I would love that very much. Oh, I've received a text message. Oh, oh okay, I've missed a call. That. i got to go. Oh, that's bad. <laughs> I'll delve into that. Guy, it's been a pleasure, and I'm sorry that you missed your first interview. Pardon um, we'll problem, my friend. I'll see you soon. Catch you in the friend zone, friend. Bye. So, look, what's happened in the bathroom, everybody, is uh, Johnny Depp's walked in there and he's found someone who has been frequenting Romancing the Bean far too often and they're not counteracting that with enough fibre in their diet. So, I'm sorry. Like, I don't hopefully need to paint a vivid enough picture for most of you because you'll know what's up. It is a jolly nightmare in there. It is, uh, I, I would describe it as explosive. I would describe it as caked, and I would describe it as uh, a good spread, like a wide spray, a big old angle. Obtuse, not acute, if you know your angles. Anyway, it's terrible, and it's uh, it's the result of a lot of hot milk and caffeine upsetting someone's tumbly, and uh, they possibly need to research whether they're lactose intolerant or not because i mean this is not a bowel movement that is in any way shape or form usual or particularly healthy or good for the individual experiencing it so i'm going to leave you with that it looks like i have fallen into the trap of using this extra time to talk about poos just like guy did uh try as i might to avoid it but what a wonderful episode it's been full of um curiosities and uh uh as i said before synchronicities things that just coincidences really if you believe in that. Maybe everything happens for a reason. Don't know. If you go to facebook.com slash T-W-I-O-A-T. Oh, no, it's not. No, fuck. What is it, actually? Oh, my goodness. It's actually facebook.com slash worst idea of all time. I've put you wrong. There's a post in there because we're soliciting for which charity we should be giving all of our June money to. We've decided to give all our June money to someone. Um, we get, You guys support us on Patreon, which... um. Again, I, I just cannot express my gratitude enough to the people who, who give on there, big or small. And uh, Maureen, Maureen Johnson was first, just hot out the gate, opened up her wallet and gave us a tremendous amount of money and then uh, got in touch with us recently to say, boys, my work here is, is you know, done on the such a generous donation and we were like absolutely and she said i'm gonna put the money that i was putting to here towards a good charity and this america of of trump that we're all experiencing and we thought you know what what a jolly good idea we're going to pick a a non-politicized charity and throw our money there as well so this is all thanks to maureen and um everyone should follow her by the way on twitter she's she's very good um so look 
All that to say, we're accepting ideas. A lot of good ones are in there so far. We'd love to hear what you think. We're thinking either like American, because a lot of our listeners and our contributors are American, or a global charity would be good. And one where the money's actually, you know, going to do something for them, going to be helpful. So that'd be great. Probably my favorite one in terms of comedy so far is uh, someone's recommended an animal shelter because, um, you know, through our watches, we're killing a squirrel each and every week, which is fair enough. So get on there, get on the Facebook, um, and the Patreon is patreon.com slash T-W-I-O-A-T. Uh, hey, catch you in the friend zone, everyone. See you real soon. Bye-bye. Ow! This movie's still fine. Zakoli, One of the guys that goes squirrel. One of them's a hottie. His name is Jay. One of them looks like Johnny Depp, and his name is Johnny Depp. Classic Maximum Joseph. You forget that films are supposed to have a point. Thanks for listening to this podcast. If you're thirsty for another, why not try Boners of the Heart? Mads is pointing to us each. What do you say? You're saying we're assholes. Fucking assholes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. But we're attractive assholes. Yeah. I get it. We're lovely. We're lovely little bleached, attractive assholes. Sitting in this chair, and I I don't have a bleached asshole. I don't think I'd bleach my asshole either. I don't. I don't. I don't, I don't even think I've got a very nice asshole, to be honest. I don't really look at my own asshole. I've never asshole received feedback on it. <laughs> yeah, I don't think receiving feedback on your asshole is the. But also, I'm just nervous because there's been like so much damage done to that area. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what if it is weird and I just don't know? And I'm walking around with this weird asshole and no one's got the courage to tell me. <laughs>